Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Couch Potato Podcast on this new episode Tuesday. On today's show, I'm joined by the first lady of the Couch Potato Podcast, Jen, and our good friend Luke to discuss the 1990 holiday classic, Home Alone. If you like what we're doing here at the show, be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, Pandora, or wherever you get podcasts. We're pretty much available everywhere. And if you listen to us on Apple, be sure to leave us a five-star review. So, without further ado, here's Home Alone. In their rush to the airport, the McAllisters overlooked one minor detail. Now, his parents are in a panic. Somebody pick up. Pick up! Two burglars are in trouble. We notice your ring there. And Kevin is in heaven. Home Alone. Yes. Rated PG. Starts Friday, November 16th at theaters everywhere. All right. Uh, welcome back to the Couch Potato Podcast. I am Russ. Unfortunately, uh, Lucas will not be joining us tonight. He's fucking, he's got a job. So he's got to pay the bills. So he once again puts his family and priorities ahead of the show. So we'll move on. But uh, I got a murderer's row of guests with me tonight. Uh, first off, I've got the first lady of the Couch Potato Podcast, Jen. Welcome back. Well, thank you very much, Russell. I do appreciate that. Thank you, thank you. I'm glad you're able to join us in the luxurious kitchen studio in Ohio. I mean, it's it's just fantastic. We have all the amenities. I make it a first class experience for all guests that come into the studio. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And. Coming to us all the way from Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, good friend of the show, Luke, is joining us tonight. Luke, how's it going, my friend? Oh, it's going great. I'm coming to you from the basement studio here in Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> all right. We've got all kinds of studios in the house. The pandemic has created like all kinds of new recording space for us independent <laughs> content creators. Um, we're doing Home Alone this evening, which uh, movie I've been circling for a while. I've been wanting to do this for quite a long time. We planned on doing it last year, but of course things uh, didn't work out. So here we are tonight. So I want to ask you both first, what is your first experience with Home Alone? Jen, I will start with you. When was the first time you seen Home Alone? Uh, let's see. It's 91, right? Correct. Okay. So I want to say no, I seen uh, 1990. 90. I think I seen that in theaters with my parents and my brother. Oh, wow. Really? I think, I think so. Yeah, I want to say that we went to the mall cinema and saw that. Uh, <laughs> for those of you that are familiar with the Springfield, Ohio area, the mall cinema is a dump. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. It is a shithole, which is no longer open. So. R.I.P. Yep. R.I.P. Checkers Theaters. <laughs> um, Luke, when was the first time you seen Home Alone? You know, I... I don't know if I can pinpoint it. I have a vague memory of watching it when I was younger. as one of those movies where my parents went to their friend's house and so they could drink upstairs with their friends. They put all the kids in the basement. Locked the door. I think, that, I think that's, yeah, I think that's the first time I saw Home Alone was sitting in a basement in probably Urbana, Ohio. That's <laughs> awesome. Locked, no bathroom facilities. Nope. A bunch nope. of kids had to fight over like 
three pieces of pizza. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It was basically a fight club in the basement. Uh, they'd yell at us if we were being too loud, even though they were just really screaming and hollering upstairs about, you know, who knows what. <laughs> Fuck, is that the movie, or is that adults about ready to throw blows up there? <laughs> when we get a house with a basement, I feel like that's what we should do. We should just have parties and... We can stay upstairs and get drunk, and the kids can just hoot and holler downstairs. I think it mm-hmm. sounds like a great plan. On one condition. That's what you do. Yeah. I do need Why not? a smoking jacket and an ascot. Well, you have to get a smoker. You have to make sure you have, like, a smoker, and you can barbecue and all those types of things, too. you gotta got to do it all. With my smoking jacket yes. and my ascot. Of course. Okay. Cool. Yep. Yes. I'm totally and like, I'm, like. How- it was like house shoes that you could just flip <laughs> on and off real easy. Yeah, like, uh, what was it? Like Cousin Eddie from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, but like the house shoes version of his fancy shoes kind of a thing is what I'm picturing. Those, like boat shoes. Oh, okay. Oh, that looks too. That's I could, classy. I could see it. At parties, people can refer to me as the captain. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all think I like a pipe. Yeah. <laughs> and a hat. And a hat. And a hat. That's right. <laughs> uh, I know for me, uh, this is... I don't know, I've mentioned this time or two. This is, like, my mom has a rotation of, like, six, seven, eight movies yeah. that she watches all yeah. the time. The only movies yep. she'll watch. Uh, Home Alone is definitely in that that elite group of movies that she'll watch. Mm-hmm. And I think when this movie came out, between this one and Kindergarten Cop, I think I've seen both of them, like, 10 or 11 times in movie theaters. Because my mom used to take me and my brother to the movies all the time. And whenever we would go, she Usually she let us pick, but it seemed like that time frame, it's like she was either in an Arnold mood or a Home Alone mood. So I seen this movie a fucking shit ton. And then when it came out on home video, uh, I think I've told you guys that they used to only sell certain movies on VHS for like Mm -hmm. an affordable price. Uh, Of course, the day this came out, uh, my mom bought it and it pretty much got ran into the fucking ground at my house. My mom will watch this movie at Christmas time. She'll watch it uh, spring. Doesn't matter. That along with Twilight. Let's see. Sweeney Todd. Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> well, you got all the Fifty Shades of Grey. I know. I know. It's, it's so awful. It's yeah. awful. But it's amusing. And it's even more amusing because she likes it. And she sits there and goes, oh, he's so cute. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, my mom's dirty shows now. She'll uh, even tell Jen, like, uh, oh, I was watching the Fifty Shades of Grey movies on TNT. Like, I, they lose the, a lot of their effectiveness <laughs> on TNT now. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, I, I've seen this movie uh, a, a ton. And I didn't even watch it for a long time until I think you and I, after we got married, I think made the rotation of Christmas movies. In our yeah. House. Yeah. It's one we definitely watch every year during the holidays for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it still gets constant play. It's, you can kind of see it in a different point of view now after having kids. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Especially like the fighting amongst siblings and those types of things. I think relate with that. The alarm or they miss the alarm to go to the airport. That is us. Anytime we're trying to wrangle our kids up to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it seems to be the only time that there's, like, magically, like, things on the floor that you trip over. 
something that you find every day that you know or you know exactly where it's at like your keys or your cell phone or something magically you're trying to leave you can't find that your kids forget mom where's this mom where's that where's my coat where's my shoes I'm like I can barely keep track of myself I don't know where any of your shits <laughs> I think going forward whenever we have a family gathering or like a get together we're gonna do something with the kids mm-hmm. I think to make things more fun I'll just play that song from the home of that scene they're all scrambling around trying to get stuff together. I think it'll make it more fun. It's less stressful. <laughs> Add some background music. Yeah, it'll just, I don't it'll know. just be blasting the entire time we're doing it. You know, kids screaming, kids arguing, us yelling at them. Yeah. It'll make it much more fun. I, I think my cursing would just drown out the music, though, probably. <laughs> I just have to turn it up. It's too loud too old. Good luck drowning out my cursing. I don't know what to tell you. It's like the Incredible Hulk here when she gets super mad. Yeah. Holes get busted, walls, cars get tipped over. Nah. It's fucking chaos. He's lying. Um, now that I mentioned uh, Christmas movies, uh, I did yes. have an interesting question for the both of you. Um, in terms of Christmas movies, I've seen some stories where people don't really consider this a Christmas movie. Uh, whoever thinks that is a fucking idiot, but <laughs> I digress. Uh, where would you guys rank this movie as the best Christmas movie of all time? Like, where would you put it? I'll start with you, Jen. Oh, man. I'd have to say three or four for me if I had to rank it. Oh, so well, so it, it's in my top five. What, what would you have in... If you could... If somebody is, like, not watch Christmas movies and you want to entertain them mm-hmm. for a couple of days, which, please don't stay in my house for longer than a day or two. <laughs> if you're, like, showing people Christmas movies, what would you show them? Um, besides Home Alone, so National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is my all-time favorite Christmas movie. That will never get old. I think I watch it five or six times dur- five or six times during the holiday season. Bad Santa's at number two for me because, I mean, come on, <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> I love Billy Bob Thornton. It's ridiculously raunchy and bad and bad humans and I. Just love it. Um, number three for me would either be Home Alone or A Christmas Story. Okay. Um, they're almost a close tie, so it's kind of hard for me to say Home Alone's three and A Christmas Story's four, but it's definitely in my top five. But those are just some that I would recommend. Gremlins for me is also a Christmas movie. Not for everyone, but I love yeah. it. And that's why I love you. <laughs> why? Because Gremlins a Christmas movie or because I love Gremlins? Because you love Gremlins. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, Luke, what about you, buddy? What would be, uh, where would Home Alone rank amongst the best Christmas movies of all time for you? Uh, say probably like, I think three is like a solid. It's a solid three for me. If we're going by the movies, I probably watch the most during the holiday season. Um, say, Home Alone. I don't know. One, one and two is tough because Christmas Vacation is a classic. I probably watch it like three or four times between mid-November and Christmas. And I love – and this, anybody who says Home Alone's not a Christmas movie is going to hate this, but uh, Trading Places, I love it. it oh, is, I watch it. I watch it like – It's a good movie. We, I think we watch it like five or six times. Like starting in November, it's like let's watch Trading Places because it's 
just one of my favorite movies, and you can loosely put it in Christmas, the Christmas category. I've never thought of that as a Christmas movie. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Because I always like in a Christmas movie to, if it takes place during a Christmas season. It doesn't have to be about Christmas, but I always consider holiday movies, movies that take place during the holidays. Right. Like Die Hard for you is a Christmas movie. Oh, that's number one for me. Like I watched Die Hard. I figured. (laughs) Damn. Damn. That mm, that might push Home Alone to four because I totally blanked on Die Hard there. Oh, so uh, when we put that uh, Die Hard episode out last year and I promoted it, uh, it caused quite a bit of uh, argument on the old Facebook. It did. Wow. It was it was pretty serious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, somebody that listened to the show uh, said it wasn't a Christmas movie because it didn't have a Christmas oh theme to it. Uh, Jen said, uh, yes, it is. And if you don't like my opinion, I'm going to find out where you live and I'm going to go fuck you up. No, I mean, that's, uh, that's the rational answer to some dumb bullshit that's, like that. You teach our kids that. If someone doesn't agree with you, just threaten them. I'm trying to remember who that was. I don't remember who it was. Either. It was like a friend of a friend of a friend or one of them things. Yeah. It's like that Wayne's um, world too, or that Wayne's world scene where like he tells two friends. They tell two friends, yeah. it's like, it morphs into this big thing. The and telephone the, game. The person that actually said it would be, like, clear out of the picture. Right. He was <laughs> he was arguing his point, though, and he just was trying to go round and round and round. I do remember that. I just can't remember his name for the life of me. Um, but I would say, for me, it would be Die Hard, Christmas, Christmas Vacation, Gremlins, Home Alone, and just because it's on TV all the time. And I think I never watch it in one sitting but I always piecemeal the whole movie together in a Christmas story. Mm-hmm. I watch well, like 20 minutes here, like 15 minutes there, and then by the 24 hours after it's ended, I've seen the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, you catch a minute here, five minutes there, well, and when you, have you like to, get a piece it together. <laughs> at, at Christmas Eve, yeah. Christmas morning, like Christmas Eve, I'm usually getting our presents wrapped for the kids. Right, right. I try to watch it then, and then Christmas morning, Absolute fucking chaos. The whole day's chaos. So it's like, okay, I'm gonna watch a Christmas story while our kids like destroy the wrapping and the, the box and box shit for their, their Christmas gifts. Yeah. And they've made an absolute mess on the floor. Mm-hmm. And I've got to try on clothes and then down <laughs> for a nap. So I was like, okay, yeah, I've seen the whole thing. And I sent nervous anxiety because I'm a clean freak. But and I'm also the oh. weirdo over here with like the top like Two movie for me, Christmas is bad scene. I don't know what that says about me, but I like I, it anyways. I think that if I wasn't married and didn't have kids and I was a degenerate, I actually see myself taking that same path that Billy Bob Thornton does in that movie. No, I think that would have been me. That would that would have been me. That wouldn't have been you. No, right. <laughs> That's okay. I own it. It's fine. Right. You'll always be my degenerate. Though. I know. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, well, uh, great list, guys. Great list. Uh, I think we might be doing Christmas vacation before Christmas. I wow. May have dropped the bombshell for the seven or eight people listening to <laughs> I'm here for that episode. All right. I yes. Will book, you know, I will write you down. Yes. Don't even need to watch it. I mean, of course I will, but it's a good one. Yeah, I think that's going to happen. Yes. All right. Uh, let's get into the categories, shall we? Sure. Do All it. right, the uh, tale of the tape. Uh, this movie was released on November the 16th, 1990. Just uh, turned 31 years old this year. 
Happy birthday. We should send it a card. We should. Chris Columbus, mm. send us your mailing address. I'm going to send you a card. <laughs> uh, this stars Macaulay Culkin, Catherine O'Hara, Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, John Hurd, and John Candy. Uh, directed by Christopher Columbus, not the founder of America, but the director of such kids' movies as this and the Harry Potter. Did he do Adventures in Babysitting? Oh, man, did he? That's a great movie. I think he did. It feels like it. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. All right, yeah. That feels right. I think he did that one, too. Um, God, he, I love that movie. He also did Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> uh, that one doesn't hold up as well. <laughs> no, uh, Robin Williams' uh, hilarious performance. But, yeah, that movie hasn't aged very well. <laughs> um, Rotten Tomatoes score of 66% from critics and an audience score of 80%. Uh, $467 million on an $18 million budget. Nominated for, two, nominated for two Academy Awards, including Best Score for John Williams, who I found out wasn't the original uh, choice to be the composer for this movie. He jumped in after the original backed out. Pretty iconic score from uh, John Williams, yeah. which that guy can, that guy makes anything iconic. If I won the lottery, I've actually considered having him, like, see if I could cut him a check to just write a soundtrack for me. Just like, okay, <laughs> hit play. Russ goes goes to the store. Uh, Russ gets the kids ready for bed. It's a different track. Oh, man, that'd be amazing. Just, <laughs> just like your recre recreation of the uh, Price is Right That's set. A, that is another thing I would buy. I would buy yeah. a rent a warehouse. I would do this show out of that warehouse, and then I would also have a uh, replica set of the prices right. And I'd have my friends come and play games, and they could win gift cards to places like Subway and Pizza Hut and Best Buy. And I would open a dog rescue and buy a gremlin, not the movie gremlin, but the car gremlin. Oh, I'm I'm going. I'm looking for a Mogwai. That <laughs> he has like. I just got a couple small things. He's got like all these big glamorous plans. Go big or go home. <laughs> um, also, this movie was nominated for Best Original Song, uh, Somewhere in My Memory, also written by John Williams. I am not going to sing that song because I don't want to butcher it. <laughs> and uh, this movie is streaming on Disney+. Plus. Oh. You finally caught a winner with it's actually streaming somewhere. Oh, uh, we've been on a roll here lately. Have uh, you? Oh, yeah. okay. Oh. Yeah, Midnight Run was on uh, Netflix, and it was okay. on Peacock. Peacock. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. And, uh, yeah, Beetlejuice was on uh, HBO Max, I think. Okay. Yeah, it's Paramount right. that I have it, the issue. Oh, with. it's Paramount. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, and uh, for the record, Christopher Columbus did direct, or Chris Columbus, whatever he goes Chris by. Columbus. He did direct uh, Adventures in Babysitting. Hot damn. Chalk per the up. Google machine. That's oh, what it said. one up for me. Yes, that's what it said. Good job. All right. Um, the uh, Detective William Somerset Research Corner uh, got a few little, little nuggets of uh, info about this movie. Uh, Robert De Niro and John Lovitz were considered for the role of Harry. Nope. And before John <laughs> Pesci took, took the role. Yeah, that doesn't... Uh, I, I'm not a John Lovitz fan. I think I'm on record as saying so. I don't like him. <laughs> I've never found him funny. Hard stance. <laughs> yeah. I will, I will uh, argue that till I'm blue in the face that I just don't find him to be funny. And Robert De Niro just kind of comes off as being a little crazy. 
yeah, I don't want him around a bunch of kids. Uh, De Niro playing <laughs> Harry would be like, I don't know if you guys remember watching Unsolved Mysteries as a kid. Yes, absolutely. But one of the things, or even there was a show called Rescue 911 that was hosted by Bill mm. Shatner. Mm, I remember since that. I do, since I do a Hollywood-based show, I can call William Shatner Bill. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Good old uh, Bill. But they used to have this thing that always creeped me out. It was always the guy that's getting ready to break into the house, and he's peering in your window. Every time they'd have a break-in story, it mm. fucking freaked me out because I always had to go to bed right after that show was over. Oh, no. <laughs> and I just picture Robert De Niro being that, that creepy guy from Rescue 911. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, this one I found to be very interesting that uh, Daniel Stern backed out of this originally. He, was, uh, he agreed to a six-week shooting schedule, and then once they got ready to shoot, they said that they were going to be shooting for eight weeks, so he decided to back out once uh, Fox wasn't going to give him more money. So they cast uh, Daniel Roebuck, who you might remember. He was one of the uh, detectives in The Fugitive, and he was also – he played the teacher, Mr. Arts, I think, from Lost. He's the one who gets blown up mm. on the island. Mm. He has one of those faces know. that you would – you would know who he is if you've seen him, but he's the one in The Fugitive that says Hinky. Man, no. Okay. Not ringing a bell for me. Okay. Well, yeah, Sorry. Man. It's <laughs> another Google moment. Yeah, Daniel Roebuck was cast as uh, Marv after that, but uh, they uh, didn't think that the chemistry between him and Joe Pesci worked, so they caved in and gave uh, Daniel Stern more money to come back and be the other half of the, the wet bandits. Well, I, th- I think that was a perfect, yeah. a perfect lineup for the two of them, yeah, for they, sure. Uh, yeah, they actually, I guess they gave Daniel Roebuck, like, a big check that they said, like, hey, we'll pay you this, but you can't take any roles until they're done filming Home Alone. All right, I just looked him up. Yep, I yeah. know who that guy is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, the first thing I, po- I thought of was uh, The Fugitive, because, he, yeah, he's the detective that uh, says the mm-hmm. word in the hospital. And then, yeah, I remember him as Lost. He was the guy that, uh, I think he was the teacher when they they found the new the Dharma Initiative folks. I, think. I don't know. He's, got, he, he's one of those actors where I know him, but I don't know why I know him. Mm-hmm. He's probably mm-hmm. been in like a million secondary supporting parts. Oh, okay, okay. He, he's one of those actors that's like the epitome of the Leo meme from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Point. You know who oh, it is, but you don't know his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm... I'll have to Google it later. That might be a category. What's that? The Rick Dalton. It's not bad. Point for like yeah that guy. Okay. Maybe maybe not. Who knows? Um, Chris Columbus was hired by John Hughes to direct National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Very good. But uh, he backed out because apparently Chevy Chase is a giant asshole. He is. Oh, Chevy I've Chase. I heard has that. A <laughs> I didn't know that. He has a reputation for being very difficult. And Chris Columbus decided he didn't want to do the movie because him and Chevy clashed. So Hughes promised him another project down the road, and he sent him the script for uh, some movie and the script for Home Alone, and he chose Home Alone. Oh, okay. Hmm. Uh, I do remember this being a a thing. Uh, Home Alone was the number one movie at the box office for 12 weeks in a row. Wow. Man. Yeah, that never fucking happens anymore. It's like three weeks, and then like, it's uh, you can get it on iTunes like a month later. So, do they hold a record? 
for that? Or? Uh, I don't know if that's a record. I didn't bother oh. to look that up. I just thought that was insane. I know. It sounds, that's why I'm asking if it's a record because it sounds like such a long time to yeah. be number one at a I'm box sure, office. I'm sure I'm sure Titanic blew that out of the water. Yeah, Probably. Like Titanic, I think, came out in December. I think that thing played until like April or May of the following Oh, my year, God. So. I saw that in the movie theater so many times. Uh, there's something about oh, yeah. Mary had, like, it never really, I don't think there's something about Mary ever made number one, or if it did, it was like three or four weeks into its run. But that movie had really long legs, too. That thing played for months in theaters, too. Yeah, you don't see that happen anymore. <laughs> it's it's mm-hmm. like, what, like a month-ish yeah. Yeah, that, gone? Yeah, all these movies have, like, 45-day windows now. Right, it's crazy. Yeah, you can watch them from home. Yeah. Before. Even less than that. Yeah. Yep. Um, I love it. <laughs> same. I don't. I don't mind it too much. Uh, I have noticed that uh, HBO Max, uh, with the exception of Dune, which is an awesome movie, what I've seen of it, I haven't finished it yet. Um, but for the most part, most of the HBO Max stuff they've been putting in theaters and on their streaming service at the same time. Those movies have kind of sucked. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I like Dune. Uh, and I liked Malevolent. That was pretty sweet. But that, those are the only two I could really think of. I didn't see Malevolent. I don't remember it's if I watched. One. Is it on HBO Max, right? Or uh, was? I don't or... think it does anymore. Yeah, I, I don't remember if I ended up watching that or not. Oh, crap. Oh, The Suicide Squad was one oh, of those. Yeah, that was a Squad sweet was movie. Too, but I've seen that yeah. in movie theaters. Yeah, I watched it on my couch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John Candy filmed all of his scenes in one day and was paid scale, which is like the, the minimum salary to be paid to work mm-hmm. on a film. The kid that played the pizza delivery driver made more on this movie than John Candy did. What? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think he, I read he did it like as a favor, kind of like he was around and not the pizza kid, John Candy. <laughs> <laughs> well, the pizza kid was around too, but yeah. Um, he was around, yeah. Uh, I actually thought this for the longest time until the invention of the internet, but uh, for those of you that don't know, Angels with Filthy Souls is not a real movie. <laughs> I know. When you told me that, I was blown away. I was like, what? Yep. What do you mean it's yep. not a real movie? Because I was Googling it and trying to find it, couldn't find it anywhere, and then he told me that, and I was like, well, shit. No wonder I can't find it. <laughs> no, they did a really good job of... They did. <laughs> ...making a fake-ass old movie. Right. I was like, yeah, I definitely thought it was a real flick until, yep. you know, I was a grown man. It was so mm. good that they made a sequel for the sequel. <laughs> right. They did. Um, the last one I have is uh, Hillary Wolf, who plays Kevin's sister, Megan, actually represented uh, the good old U.S. of A. in the Olympics in 96 and 2000 in judo. Huh. <laughs> I tell you what, Marvin Harry... I don't know if I'd want to run into that buzzsaw. Like, what if she got left home alone? <laughs> Turns into a fucking Steven Seagal movie pretty quick. I mean, it could. Limbs get broken. <laughs> Roundhouse kicks the face. I don't know if they do that in judo. I don't think they do. I'm probably I think you're thinking of the Hollywood version of like what judo would be kind of a thing. <laughs> I just picture that movie turning into fucking Roadhouse slash hard to kill pretty quick. <laughs> Um, that's all I got. Luke, uh, do you have any fun facts for the Home Alone listeners out there? You know, I really 
don't. You kind of you you got the ones I knew. I I knew the John Candy one. I knew the uh, the John Hughes slash Chris Columbus one. But uh, I don't think I have any hot fresh takes on Home Alone. <laughs> oh damn! I I shit on the internet research category. <laughs> Say well, I watched the. Uh, uh, a while ago, I watched the movies that made us. It was like the one episode I made it through for that guy's annoying ass voice got up my nerves enough to stop watching that show. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a rough watch just because of that guy's voice. I actually I have thought about writing producers of that show like, hey, listen, if you do another run of this, can I do it? Yeah, just this season, every man, not an uptight British guy throwing zingers. <laughs> I can I can do my voice I have now. I can do the sultry. R&B, radio DJ. What? He's doing it right now. Oh. <laughs> I can't even hear you. <laughs> and I'm, standing, I'm sitting right next to you. I know, but I'm, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I know you don't have any research because you were upset that uh, you didn't have time to do research when we decided to record this. So I know you don't have anything. I wasn't upset. I, I was upset because I couldn't find a piece of paper. That's why I was upset. You know what? I have a phone that has a app called Notes. Type shit out on that. Well, I don't have any fun facts about this movie. I'm sorry. Fun I don't. Fa- I'm, your fun fact. I'm poorly prepared. Any- I'm sorry. Your fun fact is you don't have any fun facts. That's it. No right. fun facts. All right. Well, <laughs> now that we're done with that category. Fun facts list, Jen. Yep. Maybe your nickname going forward might... Cross off the first lady and just fun factless gin. Okay, why not? Whatever. All right, the I Drink Your Milkshake Award for the best scene of the movie. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. Uh, I will lead off with you, Jen, since you didn't have any anything to contribute to the research. Oh, put me on the spot, huh? So my favorite scene of the movie is of I think for a lot of people was when. The two burglars, the wet bandits, whatever the hell they're called, they're getting in there, and he has all these different traps and things and whatnot. And I think the fact that a five-year-old child, I think, is he five? I is think that he's right? nine or ten. He's a little older than five. Is he? I could have sworn in, in the movie they're like, you're five years old, you can pack your own luggage or something like that. I could have sworn he was five. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyhow, however old he is, he's small, and he thinks of like these ingenious ways to stop these bur- burglars is just hilarious the antics that he goes to to make them think that there's actually people there and things like that and they just walk totally unexpected into all these different things and it's it's just absolutely hilarious oh so you're talking about like the montage where he's setting up all the booby traps and then like the process like right the process and then of course when they actually walk into everything because the way that he sets some of this up i look at that and think they're surely going to, like, see that. You know, like, they're going to, he's, yeah. like, they're, Marv, he's going to see the red-hot doorknob. You would think that he would have noticed that, and he grabs it anyway. I mean, if I see a doorknob and it's flaming red-hot, I'm going to think something's happening, and maybe I shouldn't touch that. You don't think they're going to fall for it, but they just end up falling for all of it. So that's, I, I like the whole combination of all of that. If I could play uh, devil's advocate for just a second, I can't tell you how many times I've burned my hand reaching for something in the stove 
knowing full good and well that it's hot. I'm confused. <laughs> I don't understand even what you're saying. I have opened up a stove with something cooking inside stove because you use a stove to cook stuff. No shit. And I've grabbed said thing cooking oven with my bare hands, knowing that it's hot, and it burnt my hand. I, I don't even know what to I don't know what to say. I, I don't know what to say to that at all. Say like I'm just telling you that that could happen. Their mission was to get inside the house and rob them and possibly mm-hmm. kill Kevin. So mm-hmm. I don't think they're. And they were not going to look at anything they while they were doing it. They were. <laughs> they were just gonna. I mean, Tunnel vision. I, I guess you just got a flaming red hot doorknob. They were in the zone. I've never opened the stove while hot and reached in there without something to protect my hands so, from getting burnt. So I, I, I don't know, Russ. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I put two oven mitts on because I know I'm a dumbass. <laughs> and I'm going to reach for something hot with my other hand. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know who you are, Russ. I thought I knew you. I don't know. I'm the guy that reaches into a hot stove to grab something, not thinking about it. Learn something new every day. But you know what, though? My kids want chicken nuggets. Sometimes you got to make a sacrifice to make sure they get chicken nuggets. Scars for life. Um, Luke, what do you have as your favorite scene of uh, Home Alone? And we'll just end uh, the roast session of me right now opening up hot stuff. <laughs> hey, you, you roasted me about fun, factless gin. So, hey, I don't know what to tell you, man. Don't dish it out if you can't take it. I was just playing devil's advocate, Tom. Well, okay. All you right. actually didn't come with any fun facts. About I know. I I didn't. I admit it. We're being rude. Let's not be rude. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun banter. Luke, I apologize for us interrupting you. <laughs> Sorry, Luke. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I have, I have two, kinda. Uh, the first one is probably my favorite scene in the entire movie. Is where Kevin's remembering all the mean things that people say to him. And they reshot that stuff so it sounds meaner. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. It cracks me up every time where instead of Uncle Frank saying, like, look what you did, you little jerk, it's like, look what you did, you little jerk. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So everything is misconstrued to this kid in his head, and they filmed it <laughs> to put little head bubbles over him. And my second favorite is just whenever Harry or Marv is screaming. They those guys just don't they, those guys Marv Those guys can sell a scream and I love it. Well I was reading when I was researching this that they actually they were a little bit difficult to work with because like I I think they felt that they were above the material. I think they were looking at this as like a paycheck movie. And they kind of acted on purpose. <laughs> Jokes on them. Yes, because <laughs> it's amazing. I love it so much. Um, I know for me, I have uh, honorable mention was the uh, the whole montage where Kevin is setting up the traps in the house. Because mm-hmm. you know me, mm-hmm. I've you mentioned love this a time montage. Or two. I do love a montage. You love a montage. We know. And then, like, even we're like they're running through the house and like just basically like. I don't understand how they survived most of this. Yeah. No. That was enough to kill, like, three people. I four did people. read that uh, when uh, Harry opens the door and the, the torch 
forces his head. Oh, shit. That would have yeah. killed him instantly. Really? Yeah, it would have oh. done something. Would have like, I think it would have melted the, the skull. Oh, and, makes sense. Yeah. Well, I would think he slips and like does a backflip off those steps and lands right. on like his upper spine. Right. You would think he would have <laughs> like, fractured his, you know, in between your neck and, and your head. You would have thought he would have split that in two and then you're you're done. You know, you can't get oxygen, so <laughs> I don't know. It's I am actually crazy. amazed that Marv and Harry were even able to do anything in Home Alone Two because I would have suspected they both would have had CTE really bad. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> but they go about yeah, it all over like, again. The early case uh, studies for the NFL, like, hey, you remember those two guys in Chicago that tried to kill the kid in Home Alone? <laughs> oh, they don't man. have to. We'll just use it. The whole second movie didn't even happen. It yeah. was just like a figment of their. They're like just seeing. They're seeing ghosts yeah. <laughs> like in the it's, mental hospital. Yeah, they're they're so doped up. They're asleep, and it's just them like dreaming. I think you guys might have a good idea for a screenplay here. I don't know. It's Home Alone three, and actually, that sounds like a much better movie than any I, of the sequels that they've done. I I completely agree with Which that. They done what they did two, and then they did that new one that's on Disney. I thought they had a well, th- three, though, didn't like three and, There's three and four. With the same kid. I mean, not Macaulay Culkin, of course, but there was yeah. another kid after him, and I think he was in three and four. And then after that, it was just direct-to-DVD, well, right? three and four were direct-to-DVD. Oh, were they? Oh, okay, okay. On this show, we don't recognize those movies. Oh, what do you call it? You just skip them? Or? They don't exist. Oh, they don't exist. Okay. Got Wasn't it. Scarlett Johansson in one of those? I think she was. <laughs> was she? She was like a sister. Yeah. Oh Lord! And the directed, all oh, the doesn't exist. In, in three thereafter, or four. I don't remember. It's uh, <laughs> if this were the Spider Verse, those would be in that other realm. Okay, so Home Alone Spider Verse. Okay, yeah, something like that. Got Crossover it. movie event of 2024. It's a collab. Um, yeah. Okay. And then they they have a new one on Disney Plus called Home Sweet Home Alone. What? When the hell did that well, come out? I was out? trying to look up uh, stuff for the Home Alone. Like, that movie kept coming up, and I guess... It oh, yeah, it out. just came out. Yeah. We also don't acknowledge that. I heard that movie is fucking awful, too. Home Sweet Home. It sounds like something on the Hallmark Channel or a Lifetime movie. It's a Hallmark Christmas movie title. Oh. Yeah, he's paying like, $5,000 to get it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and the kid, the kid like, falls in love with a ghost or something. It's oh, God. <laughs> a Christmas ghost. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Yeah, if it was Lifetime, it would be, like, a Christmas murder <laughs> movie. So good. Yeah, yeah. Missing and then it's home alone. It's, it's like a Lifetime of Christmas Carol. That's kind of what I'm envisioning like, right now. Uh, he's, like, fighting a Christmas ghost in that yeah. one. <laughs> fighting, fighting a Christmas ghost is trying to break into his house. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, my favorite scene in the movie, though, is when Kevin orders the pizza, and I think that's good. That anybody that was around this, that seen this movie when it came out, I know I did. I at least wanted to do this once when he orders the pizza and he plays the scene in Angels with Filthy Souls and he scares the shit out of the pizza. That's great. That that is great because this kid that he falls for that. Now I want pizza. So I'm sitting here talking about pizza, might. But I can't tell you how many times like, my brother and I thought of doing that, like ordering a pizza when my mom was at work and just like <laughs> <laughs> playing that scene in the movie. <laughs> Do you think that whomever would have fallen for that? 
Now, being where we in, live. I lived in the unsavory part of town. They probably would have, the guy like eh. the pizza delivery driver, probably would have called our bluff and threatened to fight me and my brother. Oh, I can see that. But yeah, that's my favorite scene in the movie. That's the movie, like that scene is just as funny as the first time I seen it. It's still funny today. So that's going to be my favorite scene in the movie. Cool. I got a heartbreaker for you, Russ. That scene's going to come back up for me a little later. Oh, is it? In a good yep. way or a bad way? Not the way you're going to like. Uh, well, hey, different strokes for different folks. Um, what are we going to nominate as the best scene in the movie? I'm okay giving it to like the, the, mon- like the whole sequence where Marv and Harry are just getting fucking the dog shit kicked out of them in Kevin's house. Man, I I like I like the montage of him setting stuff up. It's so good. It's yeah. so fast and it's so good. Yeah. And it makes no sense. I remember why I was watching it today to to kind of refresh. And when he's got that hose and he's like shooting it straight down, I'm like, man, the insulation on that door is fucking spectacular. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, later Marv opens it and that ice line stops at the door frame. I'm like, wow. That, that's a good build. <laughs> <laughs> and bonus points, uh, when he prepares the macaroni and cheese dish for a microwave macaroni and cheese dish, that thing was a fucking 10. That was a yeah. feast, and it was, like, piled up. It was beautiful. <laughs> golden, a golden yellow. Like, every time I see it, I was like, fuck, that, I want some mac and cheese. Yeah, it ruined mac and cheese for me for a yeah. good period of mac, time. Mac like, it never looked like that. Yeah, nothing's ever going to top that. Velveeta, eat your fucking heart out. Stouffer's, God, I love got your, Stouffer's has your number. Yeah. Stop, Russell. Movie. You're you're making me hungry. <laughs> okay, so, movie food is amazing. I love, I love fake-ass movie food so much. It looks so fake, but it looks so good. That's like the 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 pizza, not in this Home Alone, but the Home Alone Two when they when the butler, the concierge, doorman, whatnot, when he opens it and it's just that steam just rises up, mm. and it's like the most perfect looking cheese pizza you've ever seen in your entire life, and nothing yeah. in real life even compares to it. <laughs> and you know, it's mostly like glue, right? Right. <laughs> That's why the, it doesn't move when he opens the box. It's just like frozen. It's like helmet hair in a box. <laughs> yeah, when I, uh, when I look it up, like I bet now, like that macaroni and cheese is probably like just doused and fucking like clear nail polish to give it that sheen. Yep. Like spraying it. It's like they had to pull uh, <laughs> aside, like, son, don't eat this, please. <laughs> we still have two weeks of filming to go. We don't. I know it looks sick. good. I know it looks good. Don't eat it. Listen, pal, we'll, we will get you an actual Stouffer's macaroni cheese. <laughs> Just don't touch it. All right. Is, is that what we're going with is the, the montage? I, I would agree with that for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, it gets me pretty fired up. Like, I actually invite some, hey, you know what? Uh, maybe start some shit with the neighbors around here, try to get them to get in our house. and yeah. I don't know if can't come flying out. <laughs> Oh, man. You fucked with the wrong house, Grandpa. <laughs> all right. So the montage where he sets up all the booby traps is the winner of the best scene in the movie. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed? Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. The I don't like sand, it's coarse. And it's rough scene for the uh, award for the worst scene in the movie. 
I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. So, uh, I know Luke, I have a feeling that you're going to nominate something. <laughs> Shit all over my parade, so go right ahead. I Maybe it's just through the eyes of adulthood, but that whole scene where he fucks with that poor pizza kid <laughs> drives me crazy. It's like, just... That dude doesn't care if you're a little kid. As long as you got the money for the pizza, just give him the money for the pizza. He's not going to call the cops because a kid gave him money for pizza and took the pizza. <laughs> like, that's the only scene in that. And this was a, it was a stretch. Because I was like, he's going to ask me, Russ is going to ask me if there's a scene I think doesn't belong in this movie. That's the only thing I could think of. It, it's hilarious, but unnecessary. And I don't need it. <laughs> well, I think the, that scene shows you how petty a nine, ten-year-old kid is because I don't think he would have played the movie, but then the kid, the pizza delivery driver, had to say like something about the tip that Kevin left him. And let's be real, Kevin. Well, he not... was, but he was already playing the movie, and then you know he gave him a twenty-cent tip. I'd fucking give him some shit too. That's bullshit. <laughs> That's a bullshit tip. I'd say something under my breath. <laughs> uh, being the parents of a 10-year-old kid, if, Fair. if uh, our son was left home alone, which uh, anybody listening, my wife and I have never left our children home alone. No need to call Child Protective Services on us. Kids are always looked after. Um, but I'm sure if that situation were to arise and my son heard a pizza delivery driver like mouth off to him I know for a fact our son would fucking do that uh, you know yeah. absolutely yeah <laughs> and you know I don't I just ordered food today and I said I'm not gonna answer the door I'm just gonna <laughs> so, I, I'm just gonna let him leave it so I don't know maybe it might be a stretch. It might be a stretch. Well, just, uh, that's, that's the difference between you and I is the fact that you seem to be a mature adult, whereas I am a 43-year-old man with the mentality of a 13-year-old, and I find that hysterical. And actually, I would consider doing that same prank to this day. You know, it'd be, funnier, it'd be funnier to do it now as an adult. I just, I don't know. Oh, we should totally do that tomorrow. Uh, Let's order food and do that. What? But you got to play Angels with Filthy Wings. Like, it's got to be that exact thing. <laughs> oh, no, dude. That's, that's what it would be. Well, I'll have, to change, my, I'll have to change my door dash to knock at my door instead of leave at the door because I have it set as leave at the door. Well, maybe we'll go to Oh, so. they still knock on my door. <laughs> oh, do they? Oh. Oh, yeah. No, I'm like. dog crazy. Yeah. Oh, uh, pizza places, like, uh, we have it delivered. They just leave it on our uh, the chairs we have on the front porch, and they just leave it. <laughs> like I ordered uh, pizza for the kids uh, over the summer, and I would have never known the pizza was there if I didn't have to take the dog out. It was like a good 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, the pizza's here. No alert, no tap. You could just tap. That's why you do DoorDash. You get like a text message when they drop it off. They send you a picture. They send you all kinds of good things. Uh, pizza Hut don't roll like that. I, like, oh, fuck, get it when I, get it. I don't even think Pizza Hut delivers around here, does it? They do. Oh, they do? Oh, okay. I, they don't even get out of the car. They just 
chuck it from the driver's side window. Yeah, Here pull. you go. It's like a newspaper. They pull a Walter <laughs> White. Enjoy your pig. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Jen, do you have anything for like the worst scene of the movie? Actually, I do. Oh. oh. Look at this. No fun facts, but I do have this. So when Kevin McAllister goes into the general the general store, whatever it is, he's feeling like a big man. He needs to get a couple things to survive while his parents are gone. He's asking the lady who's, I don't know, she looks like a, a elderly librarian, asking her about the, the toothbrush, if it's like approved by the ADA. And there's like four or five other different questions that he asks about this damn toothbrush. No kid is going to do that. Like, come on. Like, he's just trying to act like this big man. And I just didn't really, I don't know. I don't really feel like it did anything for the movie. It was just kind of like, eh, I don't know. That, that, that was my second choice. Was it? Because, <laughs> because why do you need a new toothbrush? <laughs> right. It's like the like, most, ra- that oh, too. Man, this, thing's, this thing's getting a little soft all of a sudden. Right. Like. What? <laughs> Why did he need to go buy a new toothbrush and then give that poor lady shit? Right. <laughs> yeah. She's trying to close up for the holidays. She don't care if it's ADA approved or not. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> she has the radio for the. Uh, is that that's the scene where he like ends up like they think he stole something? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and don't leave that yeah, scene out. I mean, lifter. that was okay. That's that part was fine. But yeah, and then she's like, Jimmy. Do you know if this is ADA approved? He's like a stock boy. He's like 15. Like, he's going to fucking know. Come on. <laughs> he's one of those kids who like, has aspirations of being like a shift leader, like a key holder at that store. Oh, make. God. I know. Like your grandson. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with that, cutting that scene out. I mean, it's, it's fine for what it is, but it doesn't really add to the movie at all. Right. It's just kind of like, there's just no point. Yeah. I don't know. Kevin no, McAllister, I, awful lucky that Tommy Lee Jones wasn't like around there. It's Sam Gerard. Oh, that dude. That dude's petty. He would have chased him, him for hours. <laughs> of movie speech. time. Yeah. See what he's created a second crossover. Home Alone meets the fugitive. I know, another collab. Look at that. All right. I'm okay with giving it to that. I mean, like, so that, that seems okay, but it doesn't really add No, I, I agree. Yeah. Oh, I mean, sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm in agreement. Okay. <laughs> agreement. Agreement. Agree. 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 Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Yes. Um, all right. The King Kong and Got Shit on Me Award for the best line or quote of the movie. King Kong ain't got shit on me. Luke, what do you present as your nominee? Uh, it is the line that I probably say a lot. In my day to day life, and it's park on it, Frank. We have cash. <laughs> <laughs> I, whenever there's a bill, like when a bill that's due, and we've got it, it's always park on it, Frank. We've got cash <laughs> <laughs> because it cracks me up every time in that movie. That is, and that it's really stuck with me. <laughs> I think you and I, when uh, you and I used to work together, we quoted this movie quite often. Like, uh, when somebody would fuck something up at work, I know for a fact you said, look what you did, you little jerk. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. And, I've made and I'd times. say it's a mean way. <laughs> <laughs> With the, the elongated head. Kevin's memory. The really yep. long head. <laughs> big, 
Jerk. <laughs> and we've also said, like, uh, we've told coworkers, like, you know, not to pick on him. We never said this to Lucas, but, like, as an example, Lucas, your girlfriend, wolf. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah. We never said that to Lucas, but we've said that to other. Oh, oh. I just want to use Lucas as an example, as a point of reference, because people know Lucas. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. And they know he abandoned us too. Better things to do. That that is a good one, and that actually, <laughs> the more I think about it, it still cracks me up because Frank is an absolute fucking <laughs> cheapskate. <laughs> that dude fucking sucks. So much. He's... Like, they're going through a nightmare, and he's, like, walking around in France with, like, shrimp cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, God, Frank, you suck. You suck. Or at the beginning of the movie when he's, like, he's, like, it's a hundred and whatever dollars. like, oh, it's my brother-in-law's house. He'll get it. Or my brother's yeah, house. Or whoever he is. He's... I knew that character immediately after that line. I'm like, so... yep, Frank's a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Frank. <laughs> He's trying to steal silver off the plane. (laughs) Kelsey Grammer actually was considered Uh, the role of Uncle Frank, too. Oh, was he really? So who is the actor that... that. (laughs) Who plays plays him, though? I have only seen that guy as Uncle Frank. That's it? Okay, I was going to say, he didn't look familiar to me like I've seen him in anything else. He could be an esteemed actor of stage and screen, but I only know him as Uncle Frank. (laughs) Uh, that's a very good one um jen what do you have as your nominee uh what is it uh get out of here you filthy animal is that how that goes keep the change you filthy animal animal. shit i had it all wrong and it's supposed to be my favorite i really like that line though that's probably my fave no it's a good one yeah i that's what i have as my nominee too i've used that countless times when uh uh, my our son has a, a habit of uh, if we carry cash and we pay with with cash, he always wants the change. And yeah. usually we give it to him. He's like, I Moocher. don't want. To, I don't want Damn Moocher. Yeah, he's, he's a fucking little bum. I love him though, but yeah, he's he's a little bum. Kids are bums. They just want you to hand them money, like you're just growing it out in the tree, the backyard. Yeah, Whenever this, I give him, like, my loose change, I always say that to him. I like, keep the change, you filthy animal. And, like, I love the fact that he knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. This movie is so full of lines that are just, you can just pop them into your everyday vernacular. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you'll look a little crazy, but it's per- I, I love it. I say, I, I do have one more that makes me laugh every time, if right you'll in. indulge me. Uh, when... <laughs> You know, in the midst of the booby trappings of of Harry and Marv, uh, (laughs) when they finally both make it into the house, and and uh, I I believe Harry says to Marv, "Is like, what the hell did you take your shoes off?" I don't know why, cracks me up every time. (laughs) (laughs) I also like the line. I'm up here, you horse's ass. <laughs> He's going to call the cops from a treehouse? <laughs> I don't know. This movie is endlessly quotable. I love it. Uh, so what are we giving it to? I like Keep the Change, You Filthy Animal. That's my favorite. I know that one. That's probably the I one. I think you're right. That's the one that I know like most from this movie. Right. I, all, I thought about nominating like when Catherine O'Hara screams Kevin because that's pretty... Iconic too. 
Nah, it's got to be Keep the Change, a filthy animal. Yeah, I mean, the only other, like, super iconic line from that, in my opinion, is, that's it. I forgot to close the garage doors. That's it. I mean, but, you know, I think... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Keep the Change, a filthy animal is Home Alone to a T. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Wow, this is uh, pretty awesome. We're agreeing on everything. I know. How about that? It's a lot different than our critically panned Midnight Run episode last week where it was just very combative. <laughs> and I think I think people were threatened after that episode. And that's going to be going forward, the critically panned Midnight Run episode. <laughs> it got tense there a couple times. It did. I seen Lucas's fist clenching. Um <laughs> The McLovin Award for the Best Supporting Performance. I am McLovin. Um, I will let Jen. Uh, who would be your uh, nominee for the best, like, you know, the bit player, someone that's not in the movie that much. Um, just for argument's sake, I considered Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern for a minute because they're really not in the movie that much. True. But the fact that the last... 25 minutes of the movie. It's pretty much Macaulay Culkin and those two. I, right, I, right. I couldn't nominate him for that reason. Um, for me, I think it would be Uncle Frank. I mean, oh. he's he's only in there, what, five, ten minutes, maybe? I mean, I'm just kind of thinking of the a couple scenes that he's in. And even in the scenes that he's in, it's like, you know, a minute or two. But he just, <laughs> he just makes such an impact in every thing that every part of the movie that he has to do with it. And you just look at him like, God, he's a fucking dick. Like, you know, and it's not, and he doesn't even have to really even say anything. It's just his body language. And you can just tell he's just a mooch. He's like this grumpy, just about all about himself. And he just screw what everybody else is doing. I just, I don't know. I just love his character. No, it's so good. <laughs> it's That's so a good great. point. I mean, like Luke said that uh, like the minute he comes on screen, he just opens up his mouth and he's like, he knows he's a fucking piece of shit. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's fucking right there. It's like, I I'll, hate Uncle Frank. there's that Uncle Frank again. He's coming to dinner. Shit. <laughs> but you don't want him to come to dinner, but then you want to see like what kind of antics he's up to. Is he already drunk when he gets there? Is he going to like put leftovers in his pockets to take home. You just don't know what's going to happen because he's just such a fuck up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good one. I didn't even think about that when I was considering my nominees. You didn't? I didn't. I actually Frank figured you were going to say Uncle Frank, honestly. No. Oh, I actually, well, I shoot. I feel fucking pretty shitty about it. It's like, man, like, I should <laughs> But. But so I'm not prepared. Who knew? No, that was. That was well thought out. Well, thank you. That is if this were a baseball game and you struck out three times in your fourth time up the plate, you just hit a fucking grand slam. Boom. That's That's awesome. That was awesome. That's coming through in the clutch. Hey, I do what I can. You're like a hotter version of Steph Curry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Luke, who's your nominee for the McLovin? Um, Say this is a tough one because – I was in the same spot as you. Uh, I, I love Catherine O'Hare in this movie, but I think she's just not quite, she's not a bit player. She's like, she's the second lead. Yeah. She's amazing. But so I defaulted to the late, great John Hurd. He is 
I don't think he's in it quite you enough. Can, yeah, he's. You can nominate him. But he, uh, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Your Honor. He, uh, <laughs> he's while his kids home alone. His wife is going nuts, doing not in a bad way, doing absolutely everything she can to get home. He's holding this family together and just saying awesome stuff like my new fish hooks and <laughs> here's your voltage adapter. Like he's just like he's such an awesome Midwestern dad. Like he's got that energy to him and it's very comforting to me. So like I can see that. and when when they when they come home right after Catherine Hare goes through all this shit to get home and they walk in the door like right after and you know he doesn't he's not like you know he's just like yeah we took the flight you didn't want to take you know, I got all the rest of the family we're here yeah took care of it I'm like I don't know something very comforting about that whole portrayal and I'm sad that he died <laughs> that's right he did die a few years ago yeah a while ago yeah wasn't even that old, was he? He was like in his 60s, wasn't he? Probably. No, I think he had like a heart attack or something. Oh, wow. R.I.P. John Hurd. Yep. Big ups. Um, for me, that's another excellent choice. Uh, I I was going to say John Candy. He leaves a pretty impre- like lasting impression in this movie. Uh, actually, that band he's in, like, I... Despise polka music, but you know what? I can fucking get down to the Kenosha Kickers. I'll talk to Kenosha Kickers one day. I'd go see him. Why not? I went to Whole Foods this weekend, and one of the local breweries has a brew called the Kenosha Kickers, and I was like, "What? We're gonna buy that." Oh, dude, that's too cool. Well, next time we have to hunt that down for sure. (laughs) Um, and plus, like you know, he's basically he's the catalyst to get uh, Kevin's mom home. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's John Candy. I mean, that guy fucking rocks. Um, nope. But my nominee is, uh, I had to look his name up because I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. Never knew his name. Uh, I will always know him as Johnny uh, Ralph Foodie. <laughs> uh, he plays Johnny in the Angels with Filthy Souls movie. I just, that guy's fucking throwing a hundred. Like, that guy is just, he's making his minute and a half of screen time count. No, that wins. You win. You're right. (laughs) He's so awesome in that minute and a half that Dave's like, you know what? We need to bring that dude back. So they brought him back for the sequel, Angels with Even Filthier Souls, and it's just as awesome. No, that's... So, I looked up Kenosha Kicker's Beer. And apparently it's by Sondra Brewing, and it's an ale with a dry apple kick, notes of cinnamon and brown sugar glaze, and a clean finish. So now I feel like I really need to try that. See, this is what we bring to this show. Not only do you know, you get to hear us shoot the shit about the movies that we love. You may get a couple little fun facts you can pull out at the cocktail party. Yeah, Mm, We also will describe what ingredients are in craft beers. Hey. The Craft Beer Movie Show. New name I, I could talk about a craft beer movie show for a while. All right. For sure. New format coming first of the year, maybe. Um, Look out. Maybe a sponsorship. That maybe would, they would like to sponsor us. That would be 
kick yeah. ass. Heck yeah. Free uh, beer. Mm-hmm. So are we giving it to uh, Ralph Foodie? For sure. Okay. Johnny? Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, yeah, you're right. It, it was so good. They're like, we're going to work this into the next one. Yeah. No need to have that movie at all in the second one, but fuck, they made it work. <laughs> all right. Ralph Foodie, congratulations on your award. I don't know if he's alive or dead. I just had to look up his name. Maybe I'm you sure should get him a trophy. I have thought about, we've talked about doing this for like the person that wins the movie. Mm-hmm. Sending them like the gold star award you used to get as a kid. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Maybe we can do something like that with the McLovin. I'm not, I'm not getting a bunch of McLovin statues made. That's we don't make that kind of money on this show. No, no. I'm not trying to go to the poor Haas. <laughs> no, I'm already on my way there. Yeah. Um, the Eric Stoltz Award for the performer that he would recast. We kind of decided to do away with this movie, but since I didn't. Uh, warn you ahead of time. If there's anybody you would feel that you would replace with somebody else, feel free to let it loose. No. Nope. Not a single one in this movie. This movie is pretty... I don't know. I I don't like to deal with absolutes. But I feel like this movie is like perfectly cast. Like, everybody is great. And I don't know. There's nobody. I'm. I don't think there's anybody that's dragging the production down on this one. Yeah, I agree. There's nobody I'd really recast for this. Do you? Nah, n- nobody that I can really think of either. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, I, I think that awards. It's gonna go bye bye. We might bring it back on occasion. We might bring it back for the uh, the Turkey Day Extravaganza. It's coming up soon. Yeah, I'd bring it back if there's like. A real easy answer, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we should save that for the uh, the back back to the future episode that we'll do at some point where <laughs> that we'll do at some point where like uh we recast Eric Stoltz with Michael J. Fox. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh the unsolved mysteries of the movie. Joint, perhaps you may be able to help solve a mystery. I have two. Um, the first one is I would like to know what the McAllisters do for a living because they're fucking loaded. And do you guys yeah. have any ideas? I have a, a theory. I have no clue what they do. Mm. And I know that I think the dad's brother is doing pretty good. He's the one in France, right? And, but man, they're buying tickets from, I don't know. I don't know who's paying for all this stuff. It's crazy. And they live in a really nice house in Chicago, right? Yeah, Chicago yeah. suburbs. Man. And the, and the adults are flying first class. And they fuck the kids off in the economy. Yeah, <laughs> they're just doing whatever, sitting wherever, walking One's around. I'm sure one of them's an architect or something. That was pretty hip in the 90s to say your parents were, I don't know. Or like a, a banker, no. like a, a Wall Street. Well, I mean, I know it's Chicago, but like a Wall Street, like a mortgage or a hedge fund person or 
something like that maybe. And then Catherine O'Hara, she looks like she might be maybe like a, a lawyer well, or. I'm I've seen like, uh, like those uh, mannequins and mm-hmm. like they have like the magic yeah. tape. So mm-hmm. it makes me wonder if she doesn't do something in clothing. Oh, like a fashion designer or something like that yeah. or a CEO of a clothing brand maybe. Yeah, I could um, see that. My theory leads into my second question, and this will go back. I'll, I'll circle back around the first question. Okay. Um, did the McAllisters ever face criminal charges for leaving Kevin <laughs> by himself? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, they made the cops very aware of it. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe back then, no. But I would say today, yeah. I, if that makes sense. Like, Back then, it it was just so innocent and like, oh, nothing would have happened. They're in a good neighborhood, blah, blah, blah. It's fine. The parents didn't mean to. But nowadays, I I just don't think that would be taken as lightly. No, they would have gotten like ass blasted on TikTok. Like immediately. (laughs) Social media is too much of a thing now. You know, like things get out too quickly. So it would be much more serious. My theory they obviously avoided criminal charges because they were able to go to New York part two. I think the McAllisters turned them off. Well, they do got big coats. So they have, I don't know if that's, I don't think that's a standard, but I mean, they have coats. Like I think mob people would wear. Yeah. They're well to do. True. Uh, They, I mean, like I said, yeah, that would have been us. Back in the nineties, we would have gone to jail for sure. I don't know. It just—it's yeah. really. It, I wish I had gotten a little bit of a glimpse. I mean, France for us, there's no way we could afford going to France without saving up for a little while. Right. It was like, oh fuck it, we're just gonna go to France. Cheap ass Uncle Frank and his reloaded <laughs> wife. We'll get them first class <laughs> seats too. Hey, come on. Hey. Aunt Bethany seemed like a really nice lady. <laughs> she, she is a saint for putting up with Frank's shit. True. I'm guessing they've been married for a while. And how many yeah. fucking kids were there? Like 12? Oh my god, so many kids. I, uh, I would I run away. I was trying to think of what she said. Like Six boys, three girls, two drivers. Well, that's another yeah. thing too. It's like, a lot. You obviously know what uh, Peter and Kate, one of their hobbies is. They've got that many kids. That's, yeah. that's an expensive trip. All I'm saying is, like, I'm wondering if there's some kind of seedy underbelly in the McAllister household. Maybe Peter McAllister is a pimp. No, he, John Hurd's too classy for that, that well, line of work. However, well, I mob, say, I th- mob accountant, I could totally see that. He could be a mob accountant. I think I think they've only got, only got four kids, because I think it's Kevin Buzz, Peter... The kid from Pete and Pete, and like Megan. one of the girls, or Megan, the judo champion. So, <laughs> the judo champion, yes. Yeah, that. Mark and the rest Harry are like thankful they didn't run into that buzzsaw. Yeah, and all the rest of those kids are cousins, even though the other one's a Culkin, you know, and looks exactly like Kevin. <laughs> is that the is that the Culkin that's in like Succession and? I think Scott it's Pilgrim? I think it's Rory, isn't it? <laughs> Is it Rory? I don't know. Is it is it Kiernan? I can't, I can't oh, okay. keep these Culkin straight. There's a lot I, of them. I don't Five know. or six. All I know is if he has too much Patsy, he's going to pee the bed. Yeah. 
Fuller. Fuller. Is that his name? Fuller. Fuller. Go easy on the Pepsi. <laughs> See, there's so many lines. <laughs> well, there's another mystery for you. Did, uh, did Fuller end up pissing the bed that morning? Probably. I mean, it his, alluded to that for they sure. Had to lug his ass to the airport smelling like that. Mm. Yeah, it makes you wonder well, if, did. if he, you know, if he actually did pee the bed, if he had time to get a shower, probably not. So, yeah, it's, it's like, it's this just, is going to be a long plane ride. Yeah. Right. However long it takes to fly to France, I'm sure it's a while. <laughs> All right. Did you guys ever notice that in that big, this might be old news, but in like the big milk spill scene when they're like cleaning up, that they throw Kevin's uh, ticket into the trash with yeah. all that shit. Yeah. Because yeah. okay. I was wondering how they missed him. And I'm like, those motherfuckers thought of it. Those motherfuckers <laughs> thought of it. <laughs> and yeah, when they're cleaning up, you see it for a split second in the trash can with all the napkins, a ticket. Huh. Yep, and it had his name written on it, too. Oh, it's yep. crazy. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any mysteries that... Um, mine was mine that I always wondered was what did they do for a living? Because their house was just phenomenal. Well, we already saw that Peter's a mob accountant. Oh, okay. Well, it's yeah. a mob accountant. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Another thing I always wonder too, is the wet bandits, how they would go in and turn the water on and whatnot. And then it was like two or three days later, but there was only like a foot of water on the floor. You would think if water was running, 24 hours a day for two or three days, wouldn't there be more than a foot of water on the floor? I don't know. I mean, it depends. I mean, we, maybe we've got, we've got, I'll say we've got like drainage holes in our basement. Oh, okay. Okay. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I would just We're think stretching here. <laughs> if it was, if it was like say one level or whatnot and you had pretty good insulation, you would just think there would be more than a foot of, of water on the floor that's all that's one of the yeah. things i always wondered because that just logistically or or whatnot it just didn't make sense to me like but it just didn't make sense so i wondered I that too. water water doesn't make a lot of sense in this movie <laughs> true it does whatever you want it to do true i feel bad for the people that like they did that too because they get fucked twice their shit gets stolen right and then the next month they're gonna have this insanely high water bill <laughs> then they got a file claim with the insurance company. Oh, That's I, I a lot of damage. Yeah, they got mold and shit. Jeez. I just yeah. got Poor the damn rumpus room finished, and now it's fucking got all this water damage. Yep. My rumpus room is destroyed. <laughs> my pinball machines. <laughs> my rumpus room. Oh, God my goodness. It. I just bought this Kiss pinball machine. That's a word I haven't heard in a long time. I don't even know what it is, but it sounds funny. Rumpus is just a it's great better. word. It's a fun, fun word. It's better than man cave. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a bro dude term. I Let's think, go down to the man cave. I think I we're going to get a, yeah. a house in the basement. We're going to call that the rumpus room. I'm no, here. That's a good call. I'm here for it. Can we do a sunken living room? They're, they're so groovy. They're from like the seventies. Just Google it. It's oh, fun. I've, I know what they are. Only if we get these obnoxiously large oil paintings of you and I to put in the. Nah, oh, I, do better. I, do. Than... I want one. Where Let's I'm do classy. And I'm petting a tiger. <laughs> okay, okay. I just finished watching Tiger King season two, and so you, I could get down with a tiger. And you will be riding a unicorn. Okay. That has this trail of rainbows behind it. Okay. I, I'm envisioning it, and I could 
totally see that. And gang, it's doable. Listen to that. I'm not on drugs. That just popped in my head a second ago. It's just, it fucking cool. it's just <laughs> being high on life. All right. Um, Luke, did you have any unsolved mysteries? Um, just how salt turns bodies into mummies. That's my only. <laughs> that's just. That's a, the only thing. That's just a fucking kid that doesn't know what he's talking about. It's just fucking with a younger kid. I think we've all done that at a time or two. <laughs> no, like that makes no sense at all. And you know, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck with this this kid. I used to do it at high school all the time. Yeah. I used to tell people Same. at my high school that the uh, upstairs, our high school had a dome. I used to tell them there, there was a swimming pool up there. And I will sell you my membership for 10 bucks. We made so much money my junior and senior year. That's like, I think that's an urban legend in a lot of high schools because where I went to high school, they said that there was a pool on the second floor. There was no second floor. It was an attic. I don't. I don't know. I feel like that's an urban legend with a lot of schools, like the swimming pools, wherever, kind of a thing. Hey, you know what? All I gotta say is, don't be fucking stupid. <laughs> well, that too. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, I can't answer the the mummies and so on. I'm just saying it's just a, <laughs> just a buzz is a, a fucking asshole, anyways. Which actually, I I kind of buzz is kind of a special place in my heart a little bit. Like he's a jerk. It's like that jerk's like, oh, I see myself being friends with him. <laughs> he seems all right, deep down. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't answer the, the mummies and salt question. I, I'm not a scientist. Mm-hmm. Well, God damn it. I only play one on TV. <laughs> Why did I come here? <laughs> it's I, the only question I needed answered. <laughs> I have camaraderie. Right? It's all right. I'll watch that documentary with Brendan Fraser. He'll uh, oh, yeah. I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a really good one. <laughs> Arnold Bosley will answer your questions for you. Okay. The last award we got is the uh, I'm the King of the World for uh, who wins this movie for you? I'm the King of the World! Uh, Jen, I will start off with you. That's going to be Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. So oh, it's really? a tie for me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, them together, they, they, they're. They could not have cast any two better duo than those two. Like, if if I had to pick, we were discussing earlier, could I, could we potentially see somebody who could have been replaced? Those out of anyone else are the two that I could not have seen replaced in this movie. Like, they just, it's kind of like, for me, like Dan Aykroyd and John Candy and, and the movies that they were in in, like, the 80s and the 90s. And even Steve Martin and John Candy together. Some duos just go so well together that in some aspects, I think of them and Home Alone. It was almost like you weren't even watching a movie. You could actually, if they were real life burglars or whatnot, that's who they would be. It was almost in some instances you were just like watching like a live theater production because they just meshed so well together. And I just think every everything that they did in that movie, especially, you know, what Luke, you mentioned the screaming, you know, them screaming and just the things that they fell for and just how Joe Pesci would constantly get on Daniel Stern because Joe Pesci was the brains of the operation. If that's what you want to call it, they just, 
I don't know, in a lot of ways, yeah, Kevin McAllister's the star or whatnot, but those two, without them, it, I, I don't know. They're, I like them better than Kevin McAllister, so. I should have had you phenomenal. on the Run episode last week. Why? The chemistry between um, De Niro and Groden. Oh, okay. Well, they, they they're. Well together, but. Oh, they worked so well together in that movie, too. But once again, that's why that show has been critically panned. The critically panned Midnight Run episode, <laughs> which you can find now on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get podcasts. Luke, who wins your King of the World Award? Ooh, well, I really like Jen's answer. That was really nice. That was top notch. Thank you. I'm going to go against the grain because. I don't want Kevin McCauley Culkin is fucking awesome in this movie, but I really, really gravitate towards Catherine O'Hara in this movie because she's really good in this too. Yeah, I agree. Such she plays such a well, like a good bad mom. I don't know. I don't want to say she's a good mom. She left her fucking kid (laughs) in in an attic in a hide a bed with Fuller. Well, but they got Fuller, but. uh, I don't know, just her whole little side adventure of just hustling to get home. Like, she's given up. She's like, you want the earrings? I got these frequent flyer miles. Whatever you want. She's just flying all over the United States and all over Europe. She didn't even know where she was. What city am I in? (laughs) She had no clue. I I loved it because it's so relatable because Mm -hmm. it was, she was just she only cared about doing everything she could. Mm. Like it didn't matter if it was the fastest way or the best way. Mm. She was just going to keep working. She was going to not rest until she was home with Kevin. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I really, I, that was very relatable because like she can't slow down or she's going to lose her mind. So she's going to go nuts and yeah, it, it took as long as it would have for her to sit around in France and right. wait for a flight, but she couldn't do that because it would have felt like she was doing nothing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I and plus she got that whole little side trip with the Kenosha Kickers, and she got right. to hear weird stories about this band who apparently travels a lot for the best polka band in the midwest they're going yeah. to like 20 cities in one state kind of a travels like my suspicion anyway but yeah and exactly think, and i think too Catherine o'hara like i i think it kicked off like she was i remember her as a kid uh there was always saturday night live and then like mm. here where i lived at on friday nights at like one o'clock in the morning Get SCTV, yeah, which was fucking awesome. What is that? It's like a sketch comedy show. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Second City was so good. Yeah, had John Candy was in it. Oh, Uh, nice. Catherine O'Hara, Joe Flaherty, who you know the Ace. uh, Hey, shooter, want to go to Scissor get some grub? Yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, he was in that. Rick Moranis was in that too. Oh, nice. No, was Rick Moranis in Second City? Yeah, Dave Thomas was. was Okay. Yeah, like, and I remember her from that, and then I didn't really see her in anything until Home Alone. And then, like, after Home Alone, she did all the Christopher Guest, like, comedies, which are mm-hmm. really, really good, like, Best in Show, uh, Waiting for yeah. Guffman, stuff like that. She's fantastic. Oh. But Best I love her. So I love her in Schitt's Creek. Yeah. She's, 
Oh, yeah. So good in Schitt's Creek. Her accent that she does. Oh, my gosh. She's she's so good. Yeah, it's just I like she it. kicked off the second, like, second mm-hmm. wave of her career. And then like, she mm-hmm. was in the, you know, the Christopher Guest stuff for a while. And she kind of slowly faded off until Schitt's Creek made her a star again. But yeah, I've always liked her. And yeah, she's really so good. good. Too. And yeah. I loved I loved her in Beetlejuice. Oh yes, I forgot to. She oh, was yeah. fantastic in Beetlejuice. Yeah, so good. Which you can also hear on Apple or Spotify mm-hmm. by just looking for the Couch Potato Podcast. Yeah, and I'm on that episode good. too. Yeah, she's you're yeah. on that episode too. Nice plug. Yeah. Hey, hey, click, you know, click and subscribe, guys. Game. Oh. You know. <laughs> um, both excellent choices. Uh, I actually nominated Macaulay Culkin. Well, somebody had to. Uh, I mean, just, you know. Yeah. He's in this movie, like, he's in 90% of this movie. He pretty much does all the heavy lifting, and he's really good at it. I agree. And, like, you said, like, yeah. you couldn't really picture anybody but Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern as Marvin Harry. I can't see anybody else being Kevin McAllister. I mean, no. I know Mm-mm. I know kids, like, actors, you can find them. They're a dime a dozen. But uh, I, I can't see anybody else playing this role at all. Like, And we said no. earlier... You said earlier that the the sequels we don't acknowledge them because they suck so bad because they're basically just rehashing Home Alone one again, just right? Different, different time frame. It's got to be Macaulay Culkin for me, just because. Yeah, like, but I'll go ahead. I was, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'll watch Home Alone two like anytime mm-hmm. because yeah he he's so good he yeah it's it's so hard to cast kids and man Macaulay Culkin is good mm-hmm. he was really good and I argue he's still good like I he's so weird and I love him mm-hmm. but yeah he I don't know he's incredible he's so easy to watch and he's so believable and he's yep. so relatable because mm-hmm. he does all the stupid shit you wanted to do when you were a kid right. have, and, you, have you seen Party Monster with him in it, him and oh. Seth Green. Oh, it's been a while, but yeah, oh yeah. I love that movie. He is so good in that movie. Like it, it kind of reminds me of you know his childhood acting in in a way because of the character he put. In. Not trying to talk about that movie a whole lot, but anyhow, it just I can really see when you say he's believable because he was believable as a child actor. And even as he got older into, you know, a different type of actor, like he was in My Girl, I think, I don't remember the exact year, but it was a, maybe a year, a couple years after Home Alone. Mm-hmm. And like you kind of, was, was that it? All he wants is his glasses. And so you've seen him like progress. And then <laughs> no. even, even as an adult now, he's, it's like he's still the same actor, but he's not in a way just because he's grown. And he is, it's, it's again, almost like you're watching live theater production because he is, it's almost like, that's him. It's not a character he's playing. It's actually him, and that's just one of the things that makes him so great. So, I don't know right. if you guys are nope, old enough to, to remember, but like after this movie, Macaulay Culkin was fucking huge. Oh yeah, commercials. Oh, yeah. Uh, action figure? Or am I wrong? I'm sure they made mm, an action figure, but no, like I'll put it to you like wrong. this: Michael Jackson the black or white video which Macaulay Culkin yep. is That's in. right. They debuted that on They were super movie. close. I forgot about that. They That's debuted right. that video on network television. That's right. Yeah. Okay. I watched it. It was crazy. It was like this big countdown like premiere. It was Mhm. Was it, it MTV? It was a, 
No, it was like no, eight no, it was like oh, yeah. oh, 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 okay, okay. It, it was like local antenna TV. Oh, the good old it was days. Was an awesome video too. Good yeah, old days he, for real. He hosted Saturday Night Live after this. He did. Yeah. When? When he was uh, a kid? I think it was ninety-one sometime. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was huge after this movie. Did, uh, Crazy. Did My Girl. I mean, he was headlining mm-hmm. movies for a little while after I that. I loved him in My Girl. I love that movie so much. He did Richie another. Rich. Yes, I forgot about that. That's another good, good one. Yeah, yes. The Good Son. The Good Son was, all, was that with Elijah Wood, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, okay. I know he wanted to stretch his like his... chops and play like a yep. fucking deviant child. <laughs> yeah, I, for me, I think it's got to be. I would nominate Macaulay Culkin. Just because, like, this movie doesn't work without him. No, not at no, all. I, I think me and Jen just didn't pick Macaulay Culkin because we thought everybody was going to pick Macaulay Culkin. Oh, yeah. I guess that makes sense. I think we were trying to reach outside the box here. But you know what? I appreciate it because we didn't really touch on Pesci and uh, Stern that much, which actually, uh, Joe Pesci, hell of a 1990, he also was in Goodfellas. Really? Yeah. Oh. Goodfellas and Home Alone. He won a Best Supporting he's, Actor for Goodfellas. He's such a good actor. And he was in the, so uh, the top-grossing movie of 1990. Hell yeah. Way to go, Joe. And then, like, Catherine O'Hara. Had a good we, run. Yeah. Uh, then we didn't speak really that much about Catherine O'Hara. See, I'm glad you guys brought that up. Because they gave us a chance to even talk about him for a minute. So. Boom. Good job, gang. We did it. Yay. Yes. Super duper. Oh uh, do either one of you have anything you'd like to add before we wrap uh, this bad boy up tonight? No, I think it's just been a lot of fun. It has been. Yeah. Uh, Luke, do you have anything? Uh, just one thing. All the kids in that movie were assholes. And yeah. maybe that's just me being an adult. But no, they, were they, really, they really talked to... Joe Pesci, even though he was a fake police officer, they didn't know that. They really talked to him like a, like an asshole. Oh, yeah, like those it. kids are brats, all of them. Yeah, they they all sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Lives further away to my Peter Rose mob accountant theory because, oh, you know, absent dad most of the time. It's probably the first time he's been home for more than an hour in months. True. Catherine Harris got her her hands tied with like. Eight nine kids. That's oh, a lot. So many kids. I I just I could, just couldn't. Yeah, do he it. did seem exasperated. Like, man, these kids are fucking assholes. Yeah. Two like two some days. I'm just what like, happened? Lord Never help either. me. But nine, ten, eleven. How many ever? No, I I would make it. I just have to run away and hide. I I couldn't do it. Yep. <laughs> no. I mean, if anybody <laughs> ever wanted to know what Kate and Peter McAllister did for fun. First five minutes of that movie ought to answer that question for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. Yep. Well, guys, it was a lot of fun. I'm glad that you were able to join me for this. I was looking forward to doing this, and just spending an hour and a half with you guys just made it even better. Yeah, for sure. I, Agreed. I love talking about Home Alone. <laughs> I, I knew when uh, we decided for sure to do this, I had to have you on because him and I have this thing where, like, we had this reputation for being uh, movie snobs. We were told this when we worked together that we were just like movie you're definitely snobs. a movie snob. But 
for sure. That being said, uh, there was a lot of movies that I really liked that I was afraid to admit that I still enjoyed. But then this guy here would tell me, like, oh, yeah, I, I love Home Alone. Like, oh, shit, I still like that movie, too. <laughs> I was, I was yeah. okay to, to put that out there in the wild. Then, of course, you, got, you know how much I love the Fast and Furious movie. Of course. I was ashamed Absolutely. to admit that until Why? this guy right here They're told great. me he was a fan of them. They're like, great. Fucking A. The I have best. somebody that I can talk to about the Fast and Furious. As a matter of fact, I am planning on doing one of those very, very Ooh, soon. Very good. You should do a John yeah, Waters movie sometime, too. Uh, we're, uh, we don't have people that listen to us as it is. I, <laughs> I could pick a mild one. I mean, there's I have done Serial some, Mom. I have done some. I would say you could do Serial Mom. Yeah. That's like pretty approachable. And you could do Hairspray. I have done some of the Or biggest, Serial Mom. <laughs> I have done some of the biggest box office hits of all time, and nobody well, maybe you need to shake it up and do some pink flamingos or... No, I'm oh, just no, kidding. No, I have seen, totally kidding. I have seen a couple of those movies with you, and there's no fucking way I'm venturing into that early They're John Waters They're just stuff. so ridiculous no, and crazy. No fucking way. I love them. Taking notes on those would be a nightmare. <laughs> I wouldn't even bother. That's, you know, that's why you got me. <laughs> here's this. They're my faves. We will start love a them. offshoot of this uh podcast called The Unwatchable featuring <laughs> Jen and her debut episode is going to be Pink Flamingos. Why not? Alright. Well guys, it was awesome. Uh, glad I was able to spend an hour and a half shooting the shit about Home Alone with you guys. It was phenomenal. Yeah. We'll have to do this again very, very soon. I agree. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. Well, you strong Thanks a lot. The show. <laughs> oh, is that what it was? Okay. Yeah. Right, gotcha. Well, until uh, next week, we will talk at you guys later. Bye. And that's going to wrap up this week's episode of the Couch Potato Podcast. I do want to apologize for the less than stellar audio quality throughout the episode. Uh, I realized in post-production that I recorded the whole episode with my mic muted. So, yeah, um, uh, don't claim to be perfect, uh, but I thought this was a really awesome episode, so I wanted to get it out there. It sounds okay, but it's not up to our usual standards. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy as well. Uh, coming up next Tuesday, I think we're going to do Ocean's Eleven. It's got an anniversary coming up here really soon. So, uh, yeah, I think we're going to do that one. So, until next Tuesday, I will catch you guys later.